back to our podcast, our story podcast. And today we have a special guest. And he, he is here to talk to us about education when it pertains to the Black men, like the Bantu men in our community. And we are excited to have you here, Iman. You can go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, first, thank you for having me. I'm in a Texas region, right? I go to school at Houston Tillerson University, historically Black university. Uh, I think for me, going to that university really like opened my eyes to a lot of things rather than uh, if I went to somewhere else, you know, because everybody looks like me. You know, I feel at home. I feel like I never left uh, my community back home. I'm like an hour and a half away from home. But that's besides the point, though. That's besides the point. My major is kinesiology exercise science. I want to become a physical therapist, a doctor of physical therapist. So after I graduate, I got three more years for the doctor's program. But I'm gonna have the military pay for that. I don't. I don't need to stress on that. Well, I'm 21. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. How did you come across this major? I run for my school, so I've always been an athlete, right? But I run for my university, and I thought, you know, I like to help people that are athletes get back to the field as soon as possible because I understand. You know, when you're hurt, you're, you can't really do too much. All you can do is sit back and watch. And you want to be able to go out there and perform, you know, to the best of your ability, whether you want to go pro or you just want to represent your school or your organization. That's why I took that field. I was actually a biology major, but it was too many classes that I was taking that I didn't need to take. Too much money. I'm not paying for it, but it's just the classes. Like, the lady was like, my counselor was like, oh, you're going to graduate in five years. I said, who? <laughs> I went back. I went back. I was like, look, I don't think it's made for me. You have me taking all these classes that I don't need. My other program after I graduate. So I was like, what's the point? I'm wasting time and I'm wasting money. So I had so to. So now you can graduate on time. Yeah, now I can graduate on time and all that good stuff. It was just like, why am I staying here for five years? You get what I'm saying? Five years, and that's not including pass or failing class. I mean, I, I'm not failing a class, but you know, just being realistic, right? How, so it was like how you said. You're like an athlete and stuff. Would you ever like go into like professional athletics? I thought about this. I really did. It's just, mm. I'm not good enough. I'm not. You have to I'm, not yeah. I'm not good enough. And like my coaches say I can. They say I have, they think I'm a rare talent. I don't even know what that means. I feel like coaches just say things to hype you up, you know? They say I'm a rare talent that, you know, I probably can make it if I take a little more serious. But every time I go out, every time I, I watch track athletes on YouTube or something, these dudes running crazy times. And I'm over here running, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need to put in a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Yeah. So I have thought about it. I told myself that I would run for the military. That's almost pro. But it's a lot of work, though. And I said, if I, if I do very well um, my senior year, which is next year, um, I would run for the military and try to go pro. But if not, then... Yeah, I'm done. We're just going to wait on the kids, you know? We're just going to prepare the kids and increase the knowledge and see how we can get them there <laughs> as early as possible. But I think that's my own take on that. I think. I don't know about you guys. I, did you guys ever do sports in high school? No? <laughs> you missed out. Y'all missed out. I was on I the debate team. Y'all went, went, went to school and went back home? Like, y'all probably was in organizations, though. I like, was on the debate team. That's what I did for school. I did debate. That's it. I didn't do sports. Yeah. Isn't, I mean, I guess it's fun. What about you, Alex? Me? Track for, like, I, I think, like, I think a week. I'm going to say a, a week or two. Um, But, like, the thing is, they made me, my first meet, they made me run the mile. So, like, run around four times. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and um, I didn't have that much training before I did that. So I don't have enough stamina. I died. After that, I stopped coming to practice. It's like, why would they make me run a mile? <laughs> I feel like they do that to every athlete just to test them, you know? They do that to every track athlete just to test them. But yeah, I would have quit too because uh, I'm not doing no mile. Um, but earlier before, Iman, you said that you were part of the military. Because I, I have friends who are part of the military, but they're always like, yeah, I'm going to do the military. But like, I always wonder, like, like, as in, like, you're going to go fight, like, go on the front lines and, like, kill people? Like, cause, but I realize that there's different types of, like, positions in the military, but people never go specific into it. So can you, like, yeah. delve into that and explain it to us? Well, first, you have to take a test to get into the military. They don't just accept anybody. It pertains to every subject you take in school. Right now, I'm in school. Right. So they're paying for my schooling. I joined a reserve unit so I could stay home, right, finish my schooling and be able to help my family out while I'm at home. And um, my job, they don't give me a job until after I graduate. Mm-hmm. Right. For now, I'm just learning basic military uh, necessities and essentials, I guess. And then after I graduate, but I'm trying to, um, I told them I want to be a, we get options. I told them I want to be a medic or a physical therapist. Because that's what I'm going to school for. Mm-hmm. So it would line up perfectly with what I'm trying to do. So once I leave, I already have a job. And we were wondering, why are you so passionate about talking about education and finding that conversation in the Bantu community, specifically it pertaining to um, Bantu men? Um, I feel like most, a lot of Bantu men are very close-minded in the sense of, they think we're still in Africa. First of all, no, we're not. <laughs> and they, they want to live, and they, and they want to use every ounce of the government as possible. And I don't, I don't see how anybody wants to be in the same position that their parents were. I don't know in Boston, but in, in like Texas, mm-hmm. most of them are like, um, what's it called? Like truck drivers, something like that, right? Along the line of truck driving or factory working, right? So it's like, you don't like that job. I know you don't like that job. Your back hurts. You don't see your family. You're depressed. But you could have changed that if you just went to school. You could have changed that. Maybe if you even finished high school. You get what I'm saying? You don't have to necessarily go to college, but there's different programs out there for you to, you know, look into for you to have a, a better livelihood. You know how you said that, like, um, Bantu men think that they're still, like, in Africa and stuff like that. Do you yeah. think that they have that mindset because parents are more lenient on them? Where, like, a lot of, like, Bantu women do end up, like, going to school and stuff because they want to, like, find themselves, like, a way out of, like, the life. A lot of Bantu parents are a lot harder on the woman. So they yeah. try to find, like, a way out. So they, like, decide to go to college and stuff. So do you think it's because par- Bantu parents are more lenient on the boys that that's why they decide not to go to college because they already live like a more like less restricted lifestyle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, for the majority, I guess, yes, because, you know, um, they were treated like kings almost. You know what I'm saying? You, you eat and you just throw your, your food in the sink and your sisters go wash it. You know what I'm saying? Or you get to be out all night and you come home late. Mom doesn't really trip. She'll say something. Dad'll say something. But if your sister comes home at like seven o'clock, then she's getting cussed out, calling everywhere in the book. You mentioned all these like issues that like occur with like the generation below us. Like what? Like what did you do that like made you not go down the same path as them? Like what made you not consider like like rapping as a career, like truck driving? Definitely my parents. My dad always made sure to put upon us that you know school is very important and religion is also important. My mom just always told me to stay away from the girls. But my dad always told me, uh, you know what I'm saying, do my best in school. And he'll call me stupid here and then, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I translate for you, dude. I translate for you, dude. Chill. Because Somalis came before us. 
And when they came before us, you know, they, they went out there and did everything they possibly could. And then they started go, uh, investing in restaurants, right? They have uh, Somali restaurants. They have uh, Somalis that, that went to university, graduated, became doctors and stuff like that. We took, I don't know why we took so long for us to start going to school or whatnot. I mean, obviously we came later than them, but it's all about the mindset, right? So for them, when they came, they started restaurants or went to university or whatnot. We haven't been able to do that. We're just now starting to do that. You know what I'm saying? How much does like, does, like slavery have to do with like the difference between Somali Bantu and Bantu culture? You know how like in America, like how like white people and black people have like a like a 400 year difference, how like white people have been like making money while black people have been enslaved. Like, so the, like because of that, like there's a 400 year like money gap between white people and black people, you know? Like they were, Somali Bantu people were enslaved people in Somalia and, and Somali Bantu, Somalis owned Somali Bantu as slaves. So like how much like does that like impact like how Somali, how, how Somali Bantu people um, are in the U.S.? Do you know what I mean? Like how much does that impact it? I think because like we weren't allowed to be educated even in like Somalia and stuff like that. And we were like deprived from like a lot of like jobs or like just like we were deprived from getting a lot of the skills that that they have. And I think because they were able to like bring those skills that they gained like over there here that they were allowed they were able to flourish a lot faster than we were. Yeah, because like because like I had a friend, when I was at Brennan University, I had a friend who was like a uh, uh, what's it called an international student from Somali from Somaliland. So they have like colleges, so like in Somalia, so like they have the means to be educated in that country, or like and they also have the means to come here and be a, an international student here, which means they had those years of like being educated, which means they were allowed. So which means like there's a reason why they have businesses here in the U.S. because they had like they have education there and they can bring it here. Do you know what I mean? Like they had they had, they've had years of like being educated than us. Like I think our parents like were unless we're like farmers or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so like the reason why, and I feel like the reason why like Somalis have like are like they're more advanced and they have more pride is because like they were able to like they were exposed to those things. They were exposed to like education. They have their own education system. Like they can become international students here in the U.S. Like they have they've had those for years, and we just came upon it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I feel yeah. like we're all just still out trying to trying to navigate what that looks like for us. But they've already figured it out. Like we're still navigating it. We're the first generation to be here. Like Somalis, they're they're not first generation. Like their parents. Yeah, yeah. Other par- the parents have college degrees. Like there's uh, there's some ones who have parents who have college degrees. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't. Yeah. Us being first generation in college, like it, it's been hard for us because we have to like navigate it on our own. But if you had a parent, right. like, normalize it. Like I think it's one thing being like go to college, but another thing like normalizing and being like, yeah, I went to college. I got a degree. Like you have to think like it's like it's expected of you. Do you know what I mean? A lot of us just don't know how to navigate the college space, and it's very intimidating for a lot of us because well, a lot of us don't pursue college because it's unmarked territory. That's and like and like also when, when it comes to, like Somali like people owning business, businesses here, like they've had, they also own business in Somalia, you know, most of the, the, the things, the businesses that were in Somalia. It's like they have experience doing that when they, can, when they come here. So they know how, to, how that works. Of course they have, they have like an advantage that we don't. So I feel like it's gonna be harder for us. See, exactly, I think that's, like, that's why I'm like kind of struggling to figure out like why there isn't any pride in like the culture um, and like why we're struggling. Yeah harder because like, like like like, like us in Somalia like we share the same we live, we live in the same country as them like we live in the same places as them yeah, yeah. And our culture and our language are very very similar but like we're like now nav- like we're yeah. not navigating America than they are I think they also I think it's also due to the fact that we aren't like first gen we're, we are first generation like people who are coming to America and stuff because they because I feel like Somali people already 
work coming to America and stuff like that, they have people that can like help them out in the sense like, oh, they already have um they already have like connections to like help them navigate the world while we only have ourselves. I think we're all just like trying to navigate it. And I think the schools are like failing and others are like just trying to like, trying to survive, you know. The people that are like failing, I feel like they don't really have any anybody to like lean on, you know, like like say say someone goes to school or something. If they take a break and they're like, oh, he wasted his time going to school. Like, look at him now. He's just at home being a bum. Like, what do you mean? Like, you don't know how hard it is, right? So there's no, there's no, I feel like the support system within the Bantu community is very low. There's really no support unless the person already went to, you know, school, doing whatever you're trying to do or something along the lines. Then they'll be able to support you. That should be an app or something where Bantu people, Bantu male, boys and girls, the younger generation, where they can talk to somebody within our generation right um as far as school and, and life in general because you know every day that like the girls they have to clean and cook and all that and then the boys you know what i'm saying they most of them hang out with their friends that you know that rap and smoke and drink and all that that negativity right so i feel like it has to be a source of communication for things to i don't know about boston but look, I just, you know in boston we do like we did have like a girls group where we like visited colleges where we were like out, allowed to like step outside the house and like explore American lifestyle. And then like even how it like runs one right now in Maine. I do, I run a girls group. I run a Bantu girls group in Maine, but I'm in Boston, which is why it's over Zoom. Um, so it's like similar, a similar like um, construct of like what it was when I was younger. So it's like, it's a space for Bantu girls to meet and talk about other things that aren't surrounding marriage and like other Bantu topics. So allowing them, exposing them to like things like college, call um, jobs, like other jobs that they can do. Like it's like opportunities that they will have access to um, that they wouldn't have access to if they were at home, like cooking, cleaning, watching the kids, you know? Um, so yeah, so those are like, those are things that we're doing to like kind of like, progress the Bantu culture forward and not backwards but like, and, and we've been having conversations surrounding like how to get the Bantu men to like do that as well because when, when we were younger and, and we were doing the Bantu girls group um they had a one for girls but they didn't have one for guys and they tried doing it for guys but like like <laughs> guys don't care about coming it's so hard to like organize them guys because like, they don't care about socializing like guys don't care about socializing at all like I think for us girls like that was the biggest thing like oh I get to be one of my friends like yeah of course but like the guys are like I don't care about these men like um, they had to like figure out other incentives to get them coming, but like they just couldn't figure it out, so they just couldn't get the the, the men group, the boys group, up and running. Um, because they just don't know how to motivate bouncing men to come to one, in one space and talk about college and further education and like jobs, you know. Um, so that's 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 been a conversation that people have been having. Um, for I feel a while. like you need you need you need to talk to the coolest person within the group for about to get to a Bantu guy. You got to talk to the the leader, the coolest person within that group, super popular that everybody likes or whatnot, and. You know what I'm saying? They listen to whatever. If you can get that person, you can get all of them. I'm telling you. That's how I did not know they have like a leader, man. That's weird. Yeah, most of them have like a leader within their their little groups. That's what I've seen. But you guys said it was for like college and stuff. Like help us like like write our resumes, like perfect our resumes so it can look good for college. Um so they helped us a lot with that in that sense. But I wanted to ask a question I wanted to ask you a question. Like how many Bantu men do you talk to? Because I don't have any relations with Bantu men as a friend. Like so but like it's like because mm-hmm. you're a Bantu man. A lot. Over five. One just graduated, another one's getting a business degree in management. A lot of my friends, yeah, they, they are uh towards higher education, you know. Most of them are. So the ones that aren't they're, they're trying to figure things out, you know? They're, they're definitely trying to figure things out. But most of them, because that, because we grew up together and we all 
told each other, hey, we want to go to school. We, did, we definitely have that, that versatile. Uh, we have people in different programs and degree. And my other friend is doing um, he's something with cars, you know, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I definitely have good friends, you know, that want higher education, that want to be providers and make sure their wife and their kid kids are well uh, taken care of. Amazing. I know about Boston, though, so. But that's San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas, ladies. We'll <laughs> listening to this later on in the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think there's that many guys in Boston that go to college. I think it's only girls. There's a lot of girls starting college in Boston. Yeah, I think, like, literally, like, mostly, like, all, like, 80%, like, 88%. So I really like this. We should definitely do another one soon. Yeah. We'd love to have you back, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say besides subscribe to my YouTube channel. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Time.